This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Housewives Archives, a podcast where we discuss in great depth all things real housewives. My name is James Evans, and... So you say. That I know. So you say. That, that, that I know. So, you say. <laughs> Just like our host, Ellie Nunn. Nailed it! Ellie Nunn! What oh, a good it's been a while! Riffing. Yeah, it's nice to be back. I've missed you. I've missed you too. And you've all missed us, I'm sure. Obviously. It feels weird to have stopped for a few weeks, but very necessary. Mm-hmm. I think James and I have both had a, a quite, like, manic... <laughs> <laughs> and like actually manic, not like when we have Kim Richards energy and James has big business meetings. Right, and right. That's all I'm I give like just coming to you from bed. Mm-hmm. Those are all the same, but an additional layer on top of that. <laughs> yeah. But on top, yeah. we both had like actual work or like actual... Um, James is smiling because he's like, Mm. holiday. Mm. Um, No, well, it's nice to know that I try and do something nice for myself. I go on a two-week holiday, go to a friend's wedding, and um, the universe just, you know, balances out that with the worst travel journey coming home again. And I'll spare everyone the details because it definitely is in the same vein as like, I had a really weird dream last night, but it was just, (laughs) it was just the worst. And needless to say, James's bad travel energy continues and it put me off traveling for another. (laughs) Yeah. This is why I only ever visit you. (laughs) And I'm fine with that. I'm a homebody. You can come to me from now on. We, I mean, we've actually seen each other. We did, yeah. Very, very, for like an hour. Little drinky poo. Another flying Mm -hmm. visit. It's getting a little suspicious at this point. I know. It's like ships in the night. Mm. (laughs) It's almost like we're avoiding each other. (laughs) It's like we're doing it because we feel obliged to, not because we want to. Strange. Um, James, yep, James came over and we managed to squeeze in our catch up, but it, it certainly wasn't long enough for me. And yeah. I didn't get my sort of full shot of friendship. <laughs> I don't know. I'm t- <laughs> the Tony Specker content today. I literally, the other day I was, yesterday I was so tired. We were in the sits probe for the show and I started telling a story to someone and halfway through they just looked so bored and I just lost all confidence in the story and I thought I was going to cry. I just... Ellie, I just, no, sort of, you're a I just bowed out and I and I, I know, but I just went like, oh, you know what? It's just not that funny. It's I, just, just, it's a, I can't be bothered. It's not that funny. It's a whole thing. It's, no. it's, it's a whole thing and I'm just done. So strap in everyone because it's going to be a good two hours of that today. Oh, I know. It's been worth the wait. Haven't, exactly. Haven't you missed us? So yes, it's, I'm okay. I'm tired. I've spent my last week... We've gone up from, how many kids was I working with before? Like 20? And now I'm on like 40. Mm -hmm. So A real brood. On Monday, when they all turned up, I actually got so overwhelmed that I had to turn away from them arriving because (laughs) the number of kids pouring into that room was just too many to get my head around. Like every time you thought that it was done, there was like another another 10 kids that come in. If I just turn around, uh, then they're not there. Then they're not there. Exactly. I also, it was so funny. They turned up and I had like a tin of like CBD 
CBD drink and I was knocking that like, back like nobody's my, business. My packet of garms yeah. ready. <laughs> and it's some highlights of the week, quotes from the kids. One was this tiny kid coming up to me and going, is that an ice latte? I love ice lattes. Oh. That really made me laugh. <laughs> she, she was honestly like two foot tall. Like 12? Um, Nine? Younger. Oh, She's okay. about eight. Okay. And then also uh, one of the kids in the show cut me really deep when she was like, do you not live with a boyfriend? I thought you would have lived with a boyfriend. Oh. Like, ah. <laughs> me too, kid. Me too. <laughs> the fact that boyfriend actually really gets me because I feel like at that age, kids are just like, you're either married or you're oh. not. So the fact that she was like, I'm not assuming you're married, but I thought at least boyfriend <laughs> would be realistic. Like, ooh. Yeah, exactly. Kid, ooh. Ouch. Okay, I have a burning question for you. And it's a question only you can answer. It's an itch only you can scratch. What is the context <laughs> of that guy on Love Island sucking someone's tit? <laughs> and how is Ekinsu involved? I'm so glad you asked me. <laughs> um, I think the tit sucking incident was some of the best television I've ever seen like housewives could never right. and i can't believe i'm saying that but it just the housewives could never because it's too intelligent for that where this was just so dry and so i mean the editors were aware but i just the people involved i think were so unaware of how funny it what was right. going on was yeah so what happened was and i'm very sad to say that ekinsu was not involved oh uh, i thought you but said that she's left the house or something she's been dumped I, no, it's oh my all right. god my heart skipped a beat Ellie you can't do that to me because it's the most concerned I think I've ever seen you yeah, every week you've got to preface it she's by fine okay. she's there okay no Ekansu wasn't involved with the tit-sucking incident but you know she's spitting venom that she wasn't involved honestly I'm going to send you a video after this there was a, a, a my favourite Ekansu moment of the week where she's like meant to be happily coupled up and this new guy came in and I don't know if you've seen it on my Instagram when he had to pick three people for a oh. date. And she was like, oh my God, is he going to pick me? And then he didn't. <laughs> and there was this amazing clip of her being like, I'm really happy he didn't pick me. <laughs> and her face afterwards. <laughs> like the panic. I don't oh. know if it can go on our grid since it's not Housewives Archives. But- oh, fuck. The standard isn't high. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It is. In fact, your Lisa Renner meme of her getting up in the morning, uh, on, it's like made me laugh every day this week. I just kept watching Oh, good. It. It's I'm- just... It's just very my vibe at the moment. And especially because of my hair. Like I yeah. wake up and my hair's just like a mess and I'm just like stumbling around the kitchen trying to make coffee, like preparing myself for a 12-hour day with a hundred children. I am just imagining you waking up every morning and it's not only your hair's messy, but you also have the highlights that she has. You just have like a full-on Lisa Renner hairdo. It's like, it's it's uncanny. Uh, but yeah. Sorry, back to the um, tit sucking. Oh my God, of course. Sorry, my bad. So can I just actually, before you give me the context, I just want to, having only seen the clip, I find it, obviously he's a wordsmith and it reads like a Rupi Carr poem. Those are all a given. Yeah. But what really gets me is that he goes from saying, oh, she's just been going around telling the lads that I like licks her tits or whatever. And then the girl's like, you what? And then he goes, like I sucked her tit or whatever. I love that he goes from, he licks her tits, plural, but sucked her singular tit. But like the two could never mix. Like he never sucked her tits and he never licked a tit. And it's the repetition of I love of that rather than me give like the context of this, you've just I'm got sorry, like, I straight give in it, on I the minutiae. No, well, I just wanted to give you my first impression, not knowing anything. And now I want you to fill in the blanks. So sorry, I'll You're shut like up that. frothing. I know, I'm giddy. 
it's the Benadryl. So (laughs) we had Casaramor, which for anyone who doesn't have any idea what we're talking about, on Love Island, they do this. Um, James has gone. James has, James has walked, walked off screen. Board, board. <laughs> so you to be that excited for what I was saying and then just stand up and leave. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about it myself. I don't really care what you have to say. Oh, sorry, I'm back. Castor Amor is where they this year they took the girls out of the villa and they put them in a different villa with six new guys and they put six new girls in the villa with the boys and there's always a misunderstanding over what the test of Casa Amor is like everyone knows it's meant to be a test and everyone talks endlessly about how it's meant to be a test but the girls and the viewers I think are under the impression that the test is can your relationship survive Casa Amor by you not cheating Mm -hmm. and the boys every year think the test is can you get with a load of other girls to test your relationship to see if you really like the girl you're with oh and every year it's chaos and every year right. the boys fame appallingly and they keep being like, yeah, but it's a test. <laughs> and I'm like, which you failed immediately. Right. Anyway, there's a couple called Andrew and Tasha and they're both quite annoying, to be frank, and they're both quite wet. But people's issue, I think, was that Andrew clearly really likes Tasha and Tasha has flip-flopped a little between being very into Andrew and then whenever someone new came in she kept saying oh I don't know I just feel like maybe I want to be open but then the second the new person didn't like her she was like actually I think I'm in love with Andrew and it was an, and it was quite annoying mm. to watch so when the new girls came into Casa Amor they've all been watching the show mm-hmm. and they all and bearing in mind that they've only got 48 hours to try and make someone like them more than the old person oh, so shit. they have to move oh, far wow, wow, like wow. Okay. they have to come in very intense yeah. the girls all came in and immediately were like Andrew Tash is making you look like an idiot because what you're not seeing is that she has all these conversations where she seems to be open to other people and Andrew had the most incredible reaction of it was like in an 80s movie when a dork suddenly becomes a jock where Mr. Nice Guy went out the window and he kept being like well I'm not gonna make her look no I'm not gonna make her make me no why can't I say the sentence (laughs) I'm not gonna let her make me look like a mug he kept saying the word mug and being like you know I'm not a mug and then he like put on this silk bomber jacket and was walking around like Danny Zuko, just being like, oh. yeah, fucking yeah, well, I'm just going to... It was amazing. So he, one of these girls called Coco, was like salivating over Andrew and she honestly gave off the vibe of someone who's been paid, to like an escort, to make him feel as good as possible. And they were like sat in bed and he'd be like, yeah, I'm a bit of a snake, aren't I? And she was like, yeah, you're such a snake. And he was like, my dark horse. And she was like, yeah, you're such a dark horse. And... uh <laughs> And he was just clearly just like broken inside, but was trying to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm really into this girl, Coco. Cut to 24 hours later, he was like having a, a sob over Tasha. And like, it was clear that he didn't like Coco. Anyway, the girls come back and Andrew and Tasha made up and they kept having these really intense hugs where their microphones were clearly like s- squeezed up against their mouths. So Ooh. it would cut to them hugging and it was just them breathing really intensely, <laughs> being like... <laughs> And, uh, yeah, like ASMR cuddles. And then Coco felt, understandably, a bit mugged off. And Coco... Okay, so this was the most amazing minute of television ever. Coco was sat on the beanbags with some of the Casa Amor guys. And she said, 
basically I just feel a bit mugged off because it's like he's saying that he just wants to be friends but like a couple of nights ago you were like sucking my tits and they were all like what and he was like yeah a couple of nights ago he was like sucking my tits and saying I want to ruin you <laughs> God. and then she was like but guys don't tell anyone right she okay. then realized that obviously she'd put it out there uh-huh. so she then walked up to Andrew and she was like I think I might have fucked up <laughs> Oh, sorry, I missed quite an important fact, which is that Andrew had just had a conversation with Tasha where he'd made it like they only, that they like kissed once. Okay. And like she'd given him a chance to, to come clean. That's quite important. Anyway, so she was like, I think I fucked up. And then she was like, I told them that you suck my tits. And Andrew <laughs> oh, had this amazing response where he was like, uh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Cool. Yo, Tasha, can I have a chat with you, please? <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Tasha comes like bulking over and then he was like um yeah like with his water bottle uh yeah so um basically I just uh had a chat with Coco and um and I don't know Coco apparently is going around saying that saying that I I licked her tit or whatever um and Tasha's like what you are yeah I I like I yeah I just like sucked her tit or whatever It's the repetition of whatever. Like he thinks he could, even a second time, just throw it away. Just, or or whatever, you know. I don't know. He's trying (laughs) so hard to throw it away and to make it so casual and that was that was what was just tv gold was he was just like and there is no world and there's also no way of putting someone like sucking someone's nipple that's casual so he was just like he tried he tried licked didn't work he went back to sucked he thought whatever could save it it could one tit he did two tits it did one like... <laughs> two exactly it's like he covered the spectrum and it turns out at the end there is no good way of that there's no getting around it Anyway, they're back together, they're boyfriend and girlfriend, and not Andrew and Coco, Andrew and Tasha. And um Is Coco out of there now? She just left. Oh. R.I.P. Oh. Never forgotten. Shall we um move on? Do you not want to know about Ekinsu quickly? Yeah, I will. I will say to everyone, I will put timestamps in the episode description in case I don't know why you wouldn't want to. You don't want to hear about Ekinsu's adventures. Why have people been writing to you saying we don't no, want to No, they haven't. Them, I'm don't. just, you know, sometimes I don't know, when you listen to podcasts, sometimes people beat around the bush too much at the beginning. You're like, oh all right, just get on with it. Maybe this isn't everyone's cup right. of tea. Stick in a timestamp. I mean, I think personally everyone would want to know the sucking the tit story, but No, I'm on tenterhooks, yeah. So Briefly, Ekinsu, uh, all I wanted to say about it is she's with Davide and have I told you about the willy touching thing? No. <laughs> that was very, have you have I told you about the willy touching thing or, or, or whatever? You are. Or whatever. Like the willy touch thing or whatever. <laughs> the, 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 the. <laughs> <laughs> all right, hit me Basically, with Basically, she might, she might not have touched someone's willy. We don't know. Someone's. It, who's, it's very who's ambiguous. <laughs> This boy called George. Oh, boy George. Okay. So, right. yeah. Oh, he's like, good for him. It's PK with him. She was in Casa Amor. There was this clip. There was this confusing... That was clip, by the way. <laughs> there was this confusing moment where she was in bed. My clip touched his willy or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. There was a time when our content was quite classy. It was quite highbrow, wasn't it? God, those were the days. We used to say big words. <laughs> we exhausted that a long time ago. Anyway, it's very ambiguous. 
my point is we don't know what the fallout will be and is last the, night was okay. they do they do this amazing thing called movie night where they basically show the islanders like clips of things that they haven't seen happen oh shit and Ek and Sue didn't tell Davide about the potential right. accidental or non-accidental Willie touching and they've just shown him the clip and so it's all a bit how did he take it to be honest I'm not sure that I don't know if she did anything wrong she did immediately say to the guy like you know what actually I think I don't want something to happen and I really like Davide and he was making out with like two other girls so oh. I I'm, I'm Team Ekinsu on this, and I think she's being done the dirty by the producers. Is that... Let's like, move on. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right, let's push through to the other thing we're not supposed to be talking about, Beverly <laughs> Hills. Beverly Hills. <laughs> There's a, I have a lot to say, because I had been behind. I didn't watch any Bravo content for the last two weeks when I was on holiday, so I watched all of these in a jet lag binge, and I'm loving it. It's really boring. Oh, Ellie, I knew you'd say that. What? I think Dare I'd Sorry, say I've it. just seen something that I don't know if it's a mole or a ta- or a bit of fake tan gone wrong. The remnants of Isle of Paradise. It genuinely. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got um, more pressing but, matters. Sorry. I mean, I'm enjoying it, but it's a bit boring. I think I actually prefer this season to last season. I feel like there's actually, for the first time, quite a lot going on rather than just sort of chucking a load of stuff at the wall in the first few episodes mm. and just kind of pursuing the one thing that mm. sticks. I feel like there's a lot of different Maybe you're right. overlapping little squabbles and cast dynamics. I feel like it's not so much like a big prison beatdown on one person like they often tend to do in the past you know which i think makes it quite i also really i think beverly hills benefits from packing in as many women into the cast as possible so it means that actually i found the production side of it it's like tight as a drum the production is really privileged all the group scenes instead of quite boring solo scenes of which there are relatively few i'm just like if i have to hear dorit say one more thing that triggers her when this time it was like pk going to london i was just like do I we, know. Yeah. Um, we need to find. We need to find a way to move on. Get I know it's it. awful. <laughs> I know what you, what you are doing is terrible. But I just can't hear you talk about it anymore. No, I agree. Like, I agree. I'm worried. Not about Dorit. I don't care about Dorit. No, I do care about Dorit, but I just. I don't. I don't want to discuss. <laughs> God, Ellie. <laughs> I am. Um, I'm worried about Crystal because I feel like this might be her last season, mm. and. I think she's actually someone who will benefit more from her Home Alone scenes. I feel like she's been a bit neglected by the cast and by the production, and there's a lot of untapped potential there. And I actually think that, mm. weirdly, it's very underexplored, this whole supporting character in her life of this Chinese pop star, superstar brother of hers. Yeah. Because normally they would, like, milk that for all it was worth and kind of thrust him upon us, and we'd be sick of the sight of him. But yeah, um, I find that actually quite interesting. I think it balances out her nicely from what we're getting in the group. I do. I think you're so right that I do really like her home scenes and her husband's very endearing. And I agree that she's becoming a bit forgettable. Like the only time that she is given airtime is really when she's at the centre of a drama. Yeah. Where it feels like the women are like intentionally misinterpreting her or where they're mm. sort of playing off of yeah. an age difference or something in some way. Yes. So I just like to see that. It's just weird because normally like all the tropes are there like she has like the wacky housekeeper and this brother of hers that normally they would be like if it was Dorinda there'd be like all this merchandise about her housekeeper whatever her name is you know (laughs) by this point she'd really capitalize on it yeah and it's very underexplored at the moment obviously Diana has really come into full bloom now she's a complete ass and obviously the audience (laughs) hates her but I think she's a very do they I think, like, objectively, she's not a nice person, no? Or maybe they do. I think I've been slightly on her side over Sutton. Oh, interesting. Okay, go on. I just, 
like, in some ways, I do think she's like willfully misinterpreting. And I, I don't think either of them come out that well. But I do find Sutton very cold and quite weird. Right. And I think Diana just doesn't have time for it. I'm obsessed with them as a little comedy duo. And those that, that fact that she doesn't have any time for Sutton. I think whenever they get into it, it has me absolutely howling. In part because every argument they have, whether it be at Garcelle's birthday party or that detente brunch afterwards... It has the exact same tone and pace as, you know, that argument in Bridesmaids between Kristen Wiig and the, like, the teenager in the jewellery store. Yeah, yeah. And you can tell it's been clearly <laughs> improv and it's like, I know you are, but what am I? Oh, I'm very popular at school. Oh, I'm sure you are very popular. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're a stupid face. It, like, has that same thing. <laughs> you're so right. I could watch them argue for hours, that whole thing of like, so you say? That I know. So you say? That I know. So you say, <laughs> and it is looking yeah. for your new villain. That's she's so good. Here I am. I think she's really picked up the baton from Yolanda of this kind of like icy European snob and yeah. like really run with it. I'm really on board with her brand of like vague European villainy. That's very Bond-esque. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I think a star was born in the episode where she sent a group text calling out the party host, (laughs) saying she wasn't going to come, showing up anyway, even though she's meant to be on bed rest. She's dressed in matching furs with her toy boy boyfriend, gifting her (laughs) own book, threatening to headbutt Sutton, (laughs) calling herself a new villain. It's like a hit parade of like everything I love in a housewife and like all in one night. So in that sense, it was it was great. She was great. Erica's, I think, is being insufferable. I don't really get Kyle's whole thing of constantly being like, what are you talking about? It's so nice to see Erica. Like, let her <laughs> hair down. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? Erica has clearly become like a sloppy, weird, like Disney villain. And the way, and if she talked that way to anyone else's children, I think it would have been made a massive drama. Like, look at what we went to bat over, like with Denise. Right. And then, like, you look at that whole drama and then Eric is allowed to tell Garcelle's son to, like, get the fuck out of here. And Kyle's just like, I think this is being made into a really big draw. And I'm just like, oh, fuck off. I hate when there's a double standard like that on this show. Yeah. And it's why I can't stand Teresa always, because it's like there is no world in which any of the stuff that they say just let it go would be would, let right. go of no, if it I happened to them. Ever. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And I will oh, just... Oh, for God's sake. I'm just going to proceed this by saying maybe I have a bias because one of my like worst childhood memories and also one of the most formative ones for me was when I was like 12 years old and I was like cornered by these two drunk women that my mum befriended on a cruise and they like came up to me like reeking of gin being like hi I'm Eddie and I'm Patsy and I kind of was like terrified but also like the gay boy in me loved it at the same time and Erica's serving very much the same thing here so it's really sort of like sparked something within me I know it's like a minor thing to say I think getting drunk at a party and yelling anything at someone's kid is never a good look. But she didn't tell Garcelle's son to fuck off. She was like, get the fuck out of here. You know, that, which I think is like a small difference. She didn't say it like that. No, but I think that's what she was going for, but it comes off as harsher than it is. When you watch it, she didn't. And the fact that his response, if he'd laughed it off, I would think it was being made a bigger thing. Because if it was like with Denise's kids, when Denise was a bit like, my kids were there and like the kids were fine with it but he genuinely looked uncomfortable and a bit upset Mm. like and a bit like okay like I'm just and then she said it again and I was like I think Garcelle was had every right to be yeah oh completely upset 
No, I, I think it's one of those things where morally Erica is sort of in the wrong and Garcelle's in the right. But performatively, it's like the best turn she's ever had on the show. I think that her descent into drunk arty at a party who tries to fuck one of Garcelle's sons and then yells oh at the God. other to get the fuck out of here is the best look Erica's ever had, which is a pretty low bar, to be fair. But <laughs> I don't know, it's just really given me a taste for belligerent drunk Erica. I just found myself watching every scene after that, like hoping that she would just waltz in and like carry on doing the same thing when we were watching kyle's hanukkah party i just wanted her to like crash in through a window and like terrorize the kids <laughs> and try and snog mauricio or something trash all the presents yeah just, like, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um <laughs> she um it's i don't know it's giving me very like kim richards off the wagon without the darkness yet you just love chaos i love chaos i love mess why you should spend a week in my shoes at the moment in rehearsals <laughs> you'd love it oh my god set erica on those kids erica energy? Yeah. <laughs> imagine imagine <coughs> oh my god it's really funny there's real varying within the cast of like people's attitude to 40 children and some people like uh one of the girls in the cast is just so maternal and so like um there are these two fake babies in the show that are like the weight of an actual baby. And every time we turn around, she's just holding one of them. And we're all like, Paige, the put kids, the baby oh down. Like, she's just honestly. <laughs> Your time will no, come. No, she's not holding one of the kids. She's she's holding the one ba- of the fake babies. Right. She's not she's not like no, no, carrying yes. one of the children around. And some people just have no, like, no desire, no tolerance. It just really makes me laugh. Anyway, shall we talk about what we're here to talk about? Oh, go and on, that then. is season 10? Season, <laughs> season 10? Yeah. Are we on to 10? Yeah, we're on to 10. Okay, season 10. Where do we begin? I just had some general thoughts about this season. And I don't want to linger on them too much because I don't really like the thoughts. But I think <laughs> with season 10, I think they it introduces two very unshakable standards going into this new era of New Jersey. And I don't particularly care for either of them. The first is this determination to thrust the house husbands upon us mm-hmm. and film these scenes of them hanging out in somebody's basement playing poker and then Joe Gorga it inevitably just descends into him like get your pussy out get your little penis I'm gonna suck your penis just have an orgy at this point I would have thought you loved that James I would have thought that was really your scene (laughs) oh those days are behind me Ellie (laughs) not since 2012 in Berghain No, no. Yeah, those scenes are the worst. Oh, like, I just, I, I hate them. And I don't know who their test audience is who keeps saying that they love it and they want to bring them back. Exactly. And I just think there's like a decided drop in the quality of the budget where, not that I like pay too much attention to this sort of thing, but Beverly Hills gets a new intro package every year. And it's the same. I don't think Jennifer and Jackie have ever had a new look. And they've been on the show for like five seasons now. And apparently it's because the house husbands on New Jersey are the only husbands who get paid their own salary to be on the show. No way. So it just means they're wasting all this money on... And it's like, I kind of begrudgingly accept, okay, Joe Gorka has this sort of rugged charm about him. And Frank, okay, sure, it's, he's pretty tied in with Loris. But we don't need to be paying Evan Goldschneider to... <laughs> We can do without him. I'd rather them spend it on a good holiday rather than just going to the Jersey Shore every year. The linchpin of Real Housewives of New Jersey. For sure. (laughs) So that's one thing. The second is the show, I think, suddenly gets very tribal and that sort of predicts the cast dynamic in a way that makes it quite predictable, I guess. We're back in the same territory as the Joe versus Teresa thing, aren't we? That you just split into two camps and everyone's always going to fall on those two sides. Exactly, yeah. And it loses any objectivity because 
and and it, and that makes it very hard to watch and very frustrating because people just refuse to fall on the obvious side of an yeah. argument for the most like obtuse reasons. Yeah. And we get into such like categorically bad behavior with no where it 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 just becomes very frustrating to yeah. watch. Yeah. Having just said all that for one moment, I can't think of another scenario where I would so much rather hang out with one clique than the other. <laughs> I think I could genuinely go out for cocktails with Marge and Melissa and Jackie and yeah. like have sushi and Hoboken and have like quite a nice time. And the thought of hanging out with Teresa and Dolores and Jennifer just talking about how they're <laughs> old school and traditional just sounds like my idea of hell. But you're absolutely yeah. right in that, like we've said before, we often tend to, as an audience, pick our not even our favourites, but those women who we think are the moral compass and we tend to sort of follow their lead with wherever they fall in an argument. And mm-hmm. we really get this on the macro where everything's really simplified, where because I like Team New School, as like a knee-jerk reaction, I tend to sort of fall on their side without actually thinking about it very much. And I think that doesn't benefit the show. Yeah. Although even when I think about it, I still... I think they're really scraping the barrel with these first few arguments where... So we have this first argument with the Jen and Jackie thing and how Teresa's posted a video of Jen doing an impression of Jackie. It's not that I think it's the worst thing ever and I don't think it's put out that it is, but there's no accountability whatsoever or ownership. This whole, I have to say I'm with Marge on this one, that I don't think any comedian has ever said I'm a comedian. Oh my God, yeah. Jen's whole argument of being like, that's what I do, I make people laugh. Sue me, but like that's my gift. Jen, that God you did gave me. one Instagram story going, Mrs. Miriam Webster defined stalker. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. You're not carrot top. And then suddenly it just descends into her like running around on a scooter in Jamaica being like, yeah, man, you guys ready to eat jerk chicken, man? <laughs> like screaming about how she's a comedian and an impressionist all in one go. Oh. It's, that was very Marge. Impressionist. <laughs> oh. uh, so. With that, for example, it's like you can't, their arguments so thin on the ground. Like, I thought you'd find it funny. I thought that it would make people, all of that. And it's the same with this Jen, Jackie argument over the money thing. It's like, um, or their argument with Melissa saying, you know who's winning? She is. And all of them right. are like, how dare you right. call me a loser? How dare you go after my children? And you're just like, oh, for f- sake like shut up they're very i think the jersey women in particular are very partisan and stubborn which means that they do tend to vote alongside party lines a lot more often Mm. it would be so much more compelling if dolores and jennifer disagreed on a topic because then we'd actually have to engage in it and go actually how do i feel and work out what we thought exactly exactly and it's just yeah you're right and the whole season's like that and it's very frustrating yeah so what do we want to start with I don't know what non-storyline do we start with. We've just said, like, the Jen Jackie one at the beginning is so boring. I knew you'd Melissa's say whole, I'm going to have another baby is oh, well, so yeah, boring. That's... Marge, again, like Mrs. Marge Senior. It's just, they're really dull beginnings. I quite like to do a little character analysis on Jackie, if I may, because I feel like we haven't really done it yet. Go for it. First of all, I'm, I know this is a hangover from the reunion last season that we didn't really talk about, but I'm in sort of two minds about this whole Jackie at Teresa's book signing thing. Where, on the one hand, I do think it's like a silly little trope that pops up occasionally on Housewives, where the new lady, they have to pretend that they've never seen the show before. Mm. Or like, they don't know. And they're like, oh, I I never watch TV. Yeah, someone, oh, I was just friends with someone and they just asked me. And I thought, why not? Let's do something new. Mm. And it's almost like a bad thing to acknowledge, like, yeah, this is a widely watched TV show and I have watched it and I do have to. And I want to be on it. And I want to be famous. 
because it's like they don't want to look like a fame hungry wannabe but it's like you're gonna look like one anyway just by virtue of being on the show that's yeah. what it's for but i do think jackie did get off kind of easily with that whole thing with the photo of her and Teresa at this book signing and while i don't think that jackie was like a stalker or some super fan i do think that jackie in this season wants Teresa to sort of notice her and it's gotten to a point where I don't know if she cares whether it's negative attention or positive attention and I can kind of imagine in another world in another set of circumstances where she was dealt a different hand she could have been on this show in like season five or six as like one of those random women who sort of brought on to just sort of like deliver a bit of information about Teresa and then we never hear from her again. Even though she presents herself as like the educated, intelligent one, I think there's something slightly unhinged bubbling under the surface. And I really want her to to lean into that because Jackie being the intelligent one doesn't give her any currency or power on New Jersey like it would with someone like like Heather Dubrow on Orange County. It, it's no benefit because all of the arguments on Jersey are all about brute force over logic. Because it's lost on them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if no one's impressed. And if anything, it makes them all a little bit suspicious of her. Exactly. And I think Jackie, for that reason, is a perfect example of how sometimes on these shows, you may have the better argument over Teresa, but she can never truly beat Teresa because Teresa's a too dumb to realize that she's been beaten and Teresa would just shout over her and Jackie just ends up becoming Teresa's punching bag for the whole mm-hmm. season and in a way I have a huge mm-hmm. amount of respect for Jackie doing that because being a Teresa antagonist is a necessary but entirely thankless task that everyone else is too scared to do exactly I don't really want to get into this fight in Jamaica between Jackie and Dolores too much. And I think Dolores is being a bit um, facile with her arguments. I don't think that Jackie is more sensitive than the other women because it's like Teresa is sensitive. My God, she never gets over a fight. She's like offended by the tiniest slight. But I do think that Dolores, I don't know if this is Dolores's point, but I can see how Jackie, when she gets offended, it's a very serious kind of offense that she takes that isn't particularly witty or TV friendly. And so it kind of ends up falling a bit flat. I always think about when they have that back and forth in Jamaica where Dolores is like, I I don't consider you a friend. And then Jackie's like, I don't consider it a loss, Dolores. And she like really throws herself (laughs) forward. And it's like, feels slightly Alex McCordian. You feel like she's going to break out into hives in any way. And then Dolores immediately responds with, okay, Jackie. And sort of like laughs at her where it's such... And then she keeps repeating this thing of like, dog with a bone, dog with a bone, dog with a bone. And she ends up winning the fight. And it's hardly a winning line. It's such a childish, stupid line to say. But it's because like Dolores, Dolores of all people, delivers it with a sense of humor that Jackie never quite attains. And I think that humorlessness is an issue for her. So she ends up saying things with a straight face to Melissa, you know, like, I need to reset the layoff so I can stop hating her. Or like... Calling me Mrs. Miriam Webster is cyberbullying. It's it's inherently a ridiculous line to say. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. But if like Jen said it, it would be kind of camp. No, that's true. I think that's very, very good point. It would benefit Jackie sometimes to just outright call Teresa the C word. Exactly, exactly. Or if she's going to be offended, double down and go all Saturn on it and like make it funny in some way and like have a roller on your yes, face to yeah. calm yourself down or something. I just think she needs to get up to that next level. Mm-hmm. And I know that she has it in her. And all of this to say as well, this is like, I feel like I would probably behave exactly like Jackie if I was on any of these shows. Mm-hmm. I would be exactly the same way. So this isn't a personality criticism. It's just a performance criticism. <sighs> yes. so let's talk about this kid's birthday party because i know i knew you'd think it's boring but i'm obsessed with it i find it funny 
I didn't say that that was, I mean, I do think it's boring, but like, I also, I didn't, no, 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 no. I don't think that's a non-story. Um, I think Jen's wrong. I think I would enjoy Jackie's birthday party. And I think that her like 12 year old boys enjoyed it. I, do, I don't really get the argument of as if you love them less because you didn't invest in making it as special as possible in a way where I think being a kid is hard and Jen, and I don't mean this in anything to do with Jen's parenting, but I guess my point is that it's like you threw an extraordinary party for Gabby and she's still getting bullied at school. Like, yeah, yeah. Jackie's kids want to just like run around and like burn off enormous amounts of energy and get to eat junk food. She clearly normally is, is quite focused on like a healthy diet where I think that Jen's kids are allowed to have what they want much more. And Jackie's kids, you get the sense that Jackie's more conscious of getting them invested in healthy eating choices in a way where a party with is just like a crap load of pizza is a massive treat for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the box on the sidewalk, I thought she did it in a tongue in cheek way where it's like she knew that it was ridiculous. And I agree with her point that it's like the kids don't care. Like they're going to just like chuck it to the side at the end anyway. Mm-hmm. It's just an awareness, I think, more of the fleeting nature when you're kids. Of, it's just a day and it just passes and mm-hmm. you don't care in that way. So I was with Jackie that it's like, it's what the kids asked for or what they wanted. And the whole argument between Bill and Jen or whatever of like, if there's other adults there, it should have made a difference. I'm like, it's a kid's birthday party. It's so weird with all of these housewives, Beverly Hills and New York and um, New Jersey, this idea that like a kid's birthday party should be like this huge social event for adults. I think that's how you end up with like someone like Taylor's kid in the corner where she like all she wants is to sit upstairs in her room. Yeah, I think this is maybe one of those things where yes to all of that. But also, you are on a TV show, you know, and you know what kind I of TV guess. show it is. It's that same thing on Beverly Hills. Whenever the new person like turns up to the first party and they're in like a t-shirt and jeans, and they're like, "I thought it said casual on the invite," and then Erica's there dressed as the fucking Statue of Liberty, being like, "Oh, honey, this is casual in Beverly Hills," and they're like, "Oh, I had yeah. no idea what I was getting myself into." It's like you know what the what the mandate is. And it just felt like dropping all like an Amazon box of stuff onto the driveway is tongue in cheek, <laughs> but it felt slightly. Um, I probably used that word before sprezzatura on this podcast, but my old English professor at college used to use it all the time, and I think here it really works. Where it's, uh, it was like a, a big thing in the Italian Renaissance. Ellie's yawning right now. Sorry. Where it's basically, <laughs> um, it's like the art of putting a lot of effort into something seeming really low effort and i think that's one of those things i think it was a very considered thing to like dump a box full of shit on the driveway and be like fend for yourselves you little savages it almost i feel like her party actually like a, 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 a genuine i'm gonna be using it to describe my performance that's <laughs> no it's a very good word but it's i think that's what jackie's doing here in a way where i actually think a party where she genuinely put no effort into it would look better than what she's doing where it's almost like a considered attempt at a considered attempt to show your character. Yeah, yeah. No, I get what you mean. And I do think this is one of those arguments where I personally think that the whole tribal nature of it does affect how I view it, where, yes, fundamentally, I am on Team Jackie on this one. I do think that Jennifer, of all people, probably because a lot of the audience find her annoying and snobbish and nouveau riche, they're just inherently going to fall on the other side of whatever she's saying about how a party should be thrown. And I'm sure if Melissa or Margaret made a comment about the party or like, oh, like she could have, you know, blown up some balloons or something. I mean, come on, Jackie, like put it out. You'd maybe be more inclined to listen to that opposite side. But I guess that's the point of the argument is that like Jen's, but the stuff Jen was saying is really rude. (laughs) And it's all coming up the back of 
this money thing where the way Jen talks about money as if I think it's really difficult. She like lights up when she finds out Jackie has money. Oh, it's so funny. And this whole thing where it's a bit like you have a whole like secret side of your personality that I didn't know about that I like and that I'm interested in. Why don't you show us that side or whatever, where I guess Jackie's point is like, you, this is me and you know me. And that the way that that bleeds into then this party thing of, oh, I didn't care so much when I thought you didn't have money. But now that I know you have money, like, why didn't you spend it? Mm-hmm. And I think she is really ru- rude in the way that she comes across with it because it then implies a sort of stinginess on Jackie's thing of like, why didn't you like give that to your kids? Yeah. In a way it, that it kind of, I, it's icky. It is icky. It kind of, I feel like, especially off of the back of like Dolores's whole, like you're liberal, you're elitist, you're not cut from the same cloth. And then suddenly being like, you're stingy with money. And you're, and it's like, oh, I don't <laughs> like this. The optics of this isn't great. But yeah, I agree. I do think hilariously though, the fact that Jen at first was like, oh, it's a shit party because she's poor. And then suddenly she's like, oh, fuck, no, I'm not going to let her get away with this. She decides to bring up the party weeks later at the Hamptons because she finds out that Jackie has money. I'm going to point something out about this Hamptons trip here, though. Mm -hmm. And I know this probably sounds very snobbish, but as someone who's too poor to ever have gone to the Hamptons, I'm going to go all Ramona Singer here and be a real estate maven and say that Jackie does have a house in West Hampton, which is technically the Hamptons, is not the kind of place where Ramona and Luann would be caught dead. So to put it in perspective, it's the very first Hamptons town that you hear coming in from the city. And then the next one along is Quag, which famously is where Cindy Barshop summers and where Sonia refused to go because it's shit. So if you're actually, technically she does have a house in the Hamptons and it's a lovely house. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure West Hampton is lovely. But if you're saying the Hamptons, we're talking Southampton, Easthampton, Montauk, Sag Harbour. That's the Hamptons. Okay, Just noted. A- now, do we want to stay on this because that's because it comes up much later, but we've kind of skipped over the there's not much in the Jamaica trip, but I didn't know if it was worth talking briefly about this Danielle Marty oh frisson my God, yes. uh, as where we sort of cap off maybe on this week's because we've got a lot further to go with Danielle. Yeah. So Danielle obviously got married to Marty last season, how could we forget? Um where did you get married again? Bim- <clears throat> Bimini. <laughs> Sorry, I choked. It was <laughs> the PTSD from the world. Bimini. <laughs> <laughs> like the jinx. <laughs> Bimini. <laughs> yes. Um, um, they got engaged and then in true Danielle fashion, she like turned around and accused him of abusing her and her kids. Right. And she's squatting in his house now, refuses to leave. And then announced that she was engaged to someone else. Who's like, seems like a kind of off-brand version of Ray from New York. Some like drunk count who's just I perpetually... honestly, like, <laughs> who's not well. <laughs> I honestly... <laughs> like want danielle to write a dating book i want i don't need your cooking show i need you to write me a how-to on like how to be engaged 29 (laughs) times i don't know if they mentioned this in the show but i remember following this on social media at the time but there were like rumors that danielle was well this is the answer she doesn't need to write a book she was drugging him and like basically taking him down the aisle and marrying him against his will because he wasn't in his right mind and all his family were like we're really can someone do a safety check on them because they were just on this perpetual holiday so then danielle tries to dispel those rumors by posting a video of him and her like canoodling and she's you know being very danielle just being like i love you baby and like kissing him and the guy is falling in and out of consciousness like his head's 
like, eyes no, are like they're rolling. in the back of his head. His head's lolling around. Like it makes it worse, if anything. Like she's fully drugging him. And that's how you get a guy. And that, ladies, <laughs> is how you get a man. And then she le- ends oh, up leaving the guy at the eleventh hour, and then decides to shack up with Marty I think she like again. checks him into an institution, right, yeah. <laughs> like locks him up like some sort of Victorian husband. Takes all his money and then goes back to Marty. Like make Danielle a housewife and get the cameras on her all Honestly, the time. What is going on? Like how could we have missed all of that? Like that. This, forget the Brooks cancer scam. Like right. I wanted the Danielle drugging the fiance. I want this insane soap opera that is Danielle's grift, but we have to sit through an entire season of Dolores shopping for kitchen cabinets and Melissa pretending she wants exactly. to. Make Exactly. So yeah, Danielle kind of finds herself in a bit of a friend. She's not even a friend of anymore. She's barely a guest star. She's been reduced from housewife to friend of to this like Kim Richards-esque ghost that's like haunting them. To just like Teresa's lackey. Like, yeah. So yeah. And then Marty weirdly has become like more integral to the show because he's become friends with Joe and Margaret. But not just friends, like best friends. Like it's ridiculous. And... A lot happened between seasons. I know. And then Teresa passes on that Danielle and Marty slept together. And Margaret's immediately like, no, I don't think that's true. No, I don't don't think Marty did. Marty, I'm going to get you up on the phone. Mm. And so, who does she she call? She calls Marty. Did she call Marty right away? No, it doesn't. I think she tries to call Joe, maybe, or someone, and then they can't get through. So then she's like, I'm going to get straight out of the horse's mouth. So she calls Marty. And Marty doesn't deny it. Mm Mm-hmm. He's just like, what the hell? And there's that great moment where Teresa calls, uh, where Danielle calls Teresa and then hangs up on her. They're all like, ah! <laughs> it's like a beautiful mirroring of what will come later in the season with yes, Teresa calling Danielle. That's so true. It's like a lovely full circle-ness. Classic Danielle. It's all very like, I have to say, Teresa, I don't appreciate you talking <laughs> to those other women about my personal life. And it's just... <laughs> it's it never gets old. Danielle does more in a ten second cameo phone call than Dolores has done in her whole time on the show. She's the star of this season. Such a star, such a star. And, and her performance on the reunion is kind of the pinnacle of that. I find just for like tiny, tiny details of it that are just like perfection. I just not to repeat myself. I think we're really missing out on these gems by not filming her all the time from her perspective. Yeah, do you think we missed out on her pacing around her house, huffing and puffing, finding out that Marty was on the phone to Marge? She's like sticking little needles in a voodoo doll of Marge, and she's like, "I'm going to get Teresa on the phone." Yeah, and she's like transformed into the semi mythical creature that the other women tell their kids about to keep them in line and keep them out of trouble. You know, so like the boogeyman. Yeah, like Danielle <laughs> will come and get you, and the way that the, just the mere her her name coming up on Teresa's phone sends them all into a a frenzy they're all terrified of her yeah yeah (laughs) it's genius only Danielle it's so good and I don't know whether to like go through to the incident at the shop I think we should not proceed partly because I haven't watched that far yet Um, no 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 do we have anything before where we want to go to next week I think just sticking with Danielle is just a point that I want to make. And it comes up a lot when she's invited to the obstacle course, where in all seriousness, even though Danielle is treated like this boogeyman, 
it doesn't excuse there's like a lot of slut shame you talk about Danielle that actually makes me really uncomfortable and Margaret mm. in particular I find a bit disappointing where she kind of like hits the season running with her whole Joan Rivers set about Danielle being a massive slag and she's like Danielle she's the duchess of dicks and, and she can't do the obstacle course because her pussy's gonna get caught yeah and then like Jennifer joins in and there's like an all fours joke and it's just like this common refrain regarding Danielle and it's something that they all do but it just hits a bit differently from Margaret because she's always sort of painted herself to be this like progressive like sex positive one like a bit of a Samantha from Sex in the City and it just feels a bit beneath her I totally agree and also all the men watching Danielle's sex tape yeah porn thing as yeah. well like it is uncomfortable and also unnecessary because my god they have enough ammunition just based off of her behavior exactly there's enough stuff to get her on and i think it's a similar thing with the whole beverly thing this insistence on calling her beverly and margaret at the union reunion being like you could change your face you could change your name but you're, you're still at beverly inside i know what they're getting at it's saying that was the name that you had when you committed these crimes and that was the name that you were written about in the book but also danielle said that she was abused as a child and that was the name her abusers called her. And I just think it's another, it, it's an unnecessary, it's just not nice. Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't like how they weaponize it in that way. I think you're right. Yeah. It is very funny though. Of course, Danielle has to lose me when they have the whole thing after the obstacle course where she's upset with Jennifer for calling her Beverly. And Jennifer's like, I didn't know, I swear to God. And I sent you all these texts apologizing. And Danielle's like, I never received such a text. And then when Jen's like, oh no, I've got them on my phone. And she reaches for her phone. Danielle immediately goes, oh, I remember you did send me a very long message. I do remember that. And it's like, oh, <laughs> Danielle, you're not helping us here. Help me help you. There will never be another. There will never be another. Oh, she's one in a million. She's one in a she's million. She's one in a million. <laughs> I, was, I was pretending to be in Miss Congeniality oh. in rehearsals the other day. Because we have these lanterns in the show, these lanterns. Uh, this is a scene that takes place in a nightmare and I do a lot of walking around with a lantern. And I was pretending to, <laughs> to be one of the Miss Congeniality girls. As you should. What a film. What a film. Great oh, film. Oh, so rewatchable. I may have to go and watch it now. Mm. Who am I kidding? I'm going to go and watch more Rehouses in New Jersey. I'm about to start season 11. Oh, it starts off with a bang. Because it's a Saturday night and it's really sad because Saturday nights, there's no Love Island. And so oh, shit. London is just like filled with people <laughs> just like wandering, wandering around, aimlessly. not knowing what to do, yeah. just being like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like an M. Night Shyamalan film. The street, everyone just like comes outside. Also, I don't know if I mentioned two things I forgot to mention at the beginning of this episode. One, that the reason my sound quality is terrible is because I left my microphone in Nottingham because I was being really on it. Mm. Uh, but I've actually come back to London for 24 hours to cuddle with my dog. And that's not a euphemism. I am just cuddling okay. with my dog. I'm just a sad, lonely woman. And secondly, that in the UK at the moment, we're about to be hit with... Uh, one of the biggest heat waves we've, I think, ever had, with temperatures being 38 of the next three days. And Ooh. this is, yeah, this is what I meant to say at the beginning. So we had to have not one, but two health and safety talks last night about the fact that we're beginning tech on a day where it's 38 oh degrees. God. And I think they're terrified that someone's just going to keel oh, over shit. and die. And bearing in mind that it's tech with 20 of us and 40 children coming in, and they're so scared that people are just going to pass out. So there's no AC or anything in the theatre? There will be. I mean, they said they're going to leave the air conditioning on for like all of Sunday to try and yeah. like get the theatre quite cool inside. Mm -hmm. But the UK just doesn't know what to do when temperatures get like We're this. Very like, pathetic, literally all of our. That. 
our railway lines just melt. <laughs> like all, all the trains just stop. Apparently schools are all being cancelled. Like what? we can't cope with heat. Oh my God. Come on. 38 is a lot, is high. No, it is. Yeah, don't get me wrong. But you know, stiff upper lip and all that. So you say. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Is that what she says? No. No, what is it? <laughs> I know that. That I know. That I know. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so you say. It didn't really work anyway. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you want to carry us out on that blaze of glory? Yeah, go on. Thank you for joining us this week on the Housewives Archives. Make sure to click subscribe so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, we would really appreciate a rating or if you'd simply tell your friends about the show, that would help us out too. Thank you for joining and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.